art, drawings, sculptures, theatre, Tom Denham. Hello. Ben Holt. Hello. Hey, Ben. You're listening to Art Smitten here on Sin. And Tom, forgive me for the intro. I thought, why not? No, that was graceful. I really enjoyed that. The, uh, you know, that music hits and I go, my goodness, it's that time of week again. It is. We have you covered from four to six. Now, we will mention that Dem, unfortunately, sadly, is not here this week. She'll be back next week. She's actually busy seeing Queen Tom. Yes, yes, we've uh, graced her with the Vorpal Sword and we've sent her on her quest to uh, ponder in yonder. So she will be back next week, have no fear. But in this interstitial uh, space of time itself, Ben and I will fill the void for you. Absolutely. At home and on the road. Absolutely, and, and I heard that, uh, amazingly, um, Queen are killing it with Adam, Adam Lambert. Had to uh, work out what his name was there for a second. Yeah, uh, they played the the firefight thing the other night, Tom. Did you see any of that? It was a massive, long television airing on Channel 7 or something like that. But, man, it was crazy. Oh, was it? And, uh, yeah, Queen played 25 minutes. So I I think she's in for a good show. Uh, It sounds like it'll be really good. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And also, I came back from Perth and it was two flights, not one. My flight got cancelled, so it was two flights, but I'm back here. I said, you don't understand. Art Smitten's on. I can't miss it. I've made it, so we're all good. You're here. Plenty to talk about on the show this week. We're even going to explore this idea of art being in a digital space, kind of like a digital exhibition. Mm. Uh, you were uh, certainly thinking, Tom, which I, I like it. It's quite good. Is there an art in collecting? We're going to have definitely check that out a little bit later. And has the art of film in its physical market form been lost. We're talking about movie posters, DVDs, special editions. Are these things becoming less and less relevant as the years move on? Plenty of thought for discussion. Absolutely. Lots to mull over. But in the meantime, I'm thinking as I walked here today, as I got out of bed, as I sat down in the studio chair, I've got No More Regrets. And this song is called No More Regrets by Steven. You'll listen to Art Smitten with Tom and Ben here on Sin. Let's get arty. Yabba yabba do. Welcome back to Art Smitten with Ben and Tom. We're having a hoot and tangle of a time, so much so that I'm exasperated and exacerbated. Jeez, all in all. Look at you go. Yes, it is absolutely frivolous. It's, it's knocked me down silly. Yeah, but, but uh, you're okay now. I, I, I'm fine. <laughs> the, the, those are two songs we just had them were Cloud Nine by Beach Bunny and No More Regrets by Stephen, both on the Sweet 16, which you can check out at syn.org.au and on all your favourite streaming services. And uh, that the Sweet 16 is where the talented Sin Music team look through all the just all different kinds of music all week long, Australian music, and they find the 16 best highlight tracks of the week. It's great. You should check it out. Oh, I know yeah. I do. I, I, I absolutely think so as well. But now, uh, we want to talk art again here on Artsman, and um, I want to bring something to the studio table, Ben. <sighs> all right. This idea of collecting. There are all different kinds of collectors in the world. Some like, people like to collect stamps. Some people like to collect telephones. Really? Like yeah. old telephones or modern mobiles or Motorola? Yeah. <laughs> the well, flip that I had back in the day. The thing I love about collecting is that whoever the collector is, they make it their own. Like, it could be anything. But I, I want to ask you the question, can collecting be an art form in itself? Uh, yes. I think it turns from a hobby to an obsession way too quickly. To a compulsion? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it can. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced that over the years where you kind of go a bit manic just thinking about wanting to get the last thing to complete a set of something. And, and then it, life is complete and you wonder what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it. It's uh, And I always say this to people. I say, if there's something you want to collect, 
Never do it fast because it's all about the thrill of the chase. Oh, absolutely. Because if you get everything too quickly, then you just go, what do I want to collect next? And then you start another collection and then you become a hoarder. The <laughs> Yeah, man, a hoarder. I got accused of that once. I was a little offended. Um, oh, me too. Don't worry. Yo, that's all right. I mean, at least I mean, I don't leave anything on my floor, really. Maybe you know, a couple of things, but not a much. Few banana so. peels. And- yeah, a little bit here and there. Uh, I want to shout out one of my good friends, Cam, who ha- collects one of the most random things ever. I've never met anyone else who collects this. Lanyards. Really? Yeah. From and- gigs? From and- gigs, from conventions, from um, seminars, talks, events. Uh, he's got, got them all hanging. <laughs> and I'm amazed it doesn't bring down, like, the, the roof of his house because he's got them <laughs> hanging up high. Yeah, so that's a really How many weird does one. he have? Oh, he's got hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I don't know. But I, I think he has to have attended it, though. Yeah. I don't think he would just take someone else's RMIT lanyard or something like that. That's fair. Uh, for me, I personally, I don't know why I've always loved physical media, um, collecting it, hard copy stuff. Um, you I've, do have a very impressive DVD and Blu-ray collection. It's big. It, it is big. But then then when we go to CDs, it's out of this world ridiculous, which is a shame because CDs aren't really hip and cool. Um, they will be we, one we, day. I like to think they will be, but I'm just not sure. Like vinyl, so I, I'll I go get. vinyl. Yeah. Cassette tape, then yeah. CD. You're right. Cassettes yeah. are coming back. I'm noticing a lot of different artists are bringing out cassettes and so forth. Yeah. It'll come around by 20... 20- 50. Does this worry you, Tom, And when we're talking in an art sense about collecting and maybe physical media in a way? Are mm. you a little worried that something as gorgeous as seeing vinyl album artwork is going to be a bit of a thing of the past and we're just looking at it in this tiny little streaming service window? doesn't even expand fully. Do you think we're really going to lose out and some of these artists who are creating this amazing artwork are going, hey, what's going on? It really depends on the viewer and the person consuming the media, I think. I think for me, as someone who highly appreciates visual art, I want to soak up everything in that. So when I get the opportunity, I really like to purchase a physical copy of a CD or vinyl because then you you get to hold it. It's tangible and it's really nice. But I think that's something that we'll definitely get to more about later in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I want to hear, like, physical media is something that is, I think, only one thing that you collect. What else do you collect? Uh, I have the full set of 50-cent coins. Oh, really? 20-cent coins. We're talking Australian only. I don't, not for the whole world. <laughs> the whole but, flipping world. Yeah, um... This just started off as something in grade two. You know the Scholastic book? I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was able to get all the old uh, coin books. And then you go, gee, that's funny. I really don't like that gap there. And then you open it up again. You get really annoyed when you see gaps. And then you go, well, I, I guess I'm going to have to get all these coins there. It's like when your teeth fall out. You need to like put it back in there. I was after this ram's head. 25th anniversary centennial, whatever it was. And it, for the longest time, I could never find it. And I almost, I'm so glad I didn't, I almost went to a coin shop to buy it. And to oh, buy it really? brand new was $20 for a 50 cent piece. Doesn't that sound backwards? It does a little. Yeah. It should cost 50 cents. Yeah, it should. I'll give you my old dirty 50 cent piece and you can give me a brand new shiny one that's rare and I can sell. No, Thank I you. Uh, but yeah, luckily, uh, and shout out to my uncle, he did come across it in his change one day, so I, I did get it. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, so I got coins. What what else do I collect? Goodness me. Game consoles? I Yes, but I more bought them out of just wanting to play the games on each system, which That's is fair. just built up to be more than I could have ever imagined. Uh, yeah, definitely game. Games is probably one I collect most. I've gone pretty hard on Switch, Nintendo Switch exclusives. It's very good. I think it's one of the most accessible console consoles consoles of the new age yeah I, I think it's great and you can take it out and you can play it and you can hear more about the uh, Nintendo Switch on Player One absolutely uh, they're loving it and, and uh, Dem who sadly isn't here she'll be uh, on that show to definitely discuss all things Nintendo and beyond now here's a question for you if like our wallets aren't endless so we can only constrict ourselves so far if you could collect anything that you don't have already, what would it be? Um, so I was in Perth in a, in a record store and I saw all these brand new pressed vinyls, like 180 gram 
And they just looked so gorgeous. I would I would buy more vinyls. But yeah. the problem is, if I had as many vinyls as I did CDs, I would not be able to store them in this current place. Yeah. I, they just, they're just too big. And like to stack them and everything. Yeah, so it's a bit... That's why I've been very, very select in what I've, I've bought on vinyl. But yeah, probably, I'd probably say vinyl. Uh, I also love posters as well. That's a really weird one. Posters are great. I really love posters, but then at the same time, I almost feel like whenever I buy a poster, it needs to be framed. But I've never framed one because it's expensive to do it. It is, yeah. What I about feel you? like if you frame them all, like it'll be a bit too, I don't know, clustered. You are listening to Art Smitten with Ben and Tom here on Sin, and we're talking about collecting. And Tom, I'm curious, what, what, same question to you. If there was something that you haven't been collecting, what would you like to collect? That's a good question. I think. Oh, so, sorry. Side note: you have, uh, you do own every Doctor Who DVD. I do own every Doctor Who DVD. And that would be, oh, it's a couple of hundred, isn't it? Yeah, it would be about three hundred DVDs. Um, <laughs> that is stunning. I definitely have a big collection of books as well. I have over 250 books. Wow. Uh, novels. Um, that's just normal novels. Um, I collected a lot of trains, actually, like model trains. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and that's I, been more of a newer thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been a, a fan of old-fashioned toys, and um, I always had a big collection of trains uh, growing up, and I thought I'd need to kind of sustain this love again in a new form so I moved to what you may call quote unquote the big boys toys <laughs> and um, divulged into the world of model trains and I have about maybe 25 or 30 so far they're quite pricey so like you can't really go in the hundreds um, but it is a beautiful thing to collect because you can really marvel at the the handiwork of how they've been designed and made and some are very unique in the way that it's done with the paint applications. So that's something I really enjoy. If you are big enough into your interest, your niche, as they say, uh, at a lot of town halls in different suburbs, they'll actually have days where it's like a buying and selling trading day. And uh, I'm just curious, Tom, when someone gets so lost in the art of collecting something, how do you look at that person when they're more just buying just for something to go on a shelf than to actually, let's just say, read the book? It just kind of just goes on the shelf. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's a good analogy. I think everybody's different. I think some people will naturally want to preserve because they want to keep that thing in good tact. I'm definitely one of those kinds of people who will use the item and uh, enjoy it and indulge in whatever it is because I think it's important. If something is made to be enjoyed, then hopefully the maker of that thing would wish that whatever they've made goes out into the world and is enjoyed by someone else. And I know I enjoy books and trains and all kinds of things, so I'd want to soak it up. What about you? Well, I do agree with that because there, there, it does come a point where, you know, it, it turns into who has more money than the other person and they'll buy this beautiful special edition and then they might just put it, like, away. And yeah, then you kind of just go... appeal to me. You just go, hmm. Uh, look, I'll be honest, I, there's many things I've bought over the years that I haven't played, uh, mm. especially games. I've got so many games there that, you know... Games for days. Games for years, I reckon. Games for decades. Yeah, but but again, it, it's all about, you know, like keeping up to date with the collection and stuff like that. And, yeah. Yeah. I think if there's something that I could collect that I don't have already, vinyls would definitely be one if I had the space. I definitely think there's a lot of vinyls I'd love to get. Nancy Shipper. <laughs> uh, uh, who else? Uh, maybe a Fat Boy Slim record. I could oh, already yeah. I could already see your collection. You could yeah. put them all along the wall. and Bit of Pink Floyd in there. Oh, man, that'd be Bit good. Bit of Chemical. Um, I would love to collect costumes. Really? Yeah. I, 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 love, <laughs> I love parading around... <laughs> And looking like a bit of a peacock, I'm right now wearing a checkered jumper and checkered trousers. And funnily enough, like for you, that's dressed down. That's normal for me. Yeah, yeah. But like, it would be cool to like have clothes that are a little bit out of the ordinary, maybe based on a character or like a period of time. Um, I reckon that'd be fun just to kind of like whip out your 
your 1850s attire every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, probably my favourite item of yours in your wardrobe would have to be, undoubtedly, your pink jacket coat that goes down to almost your feet. Yeah. <clears throat> where'd oh, you, yeah, where'd my, you find My knee-length that? coat. Your knee-length coat, and it's bright pink, and you've yeah. got to watch Tom walking down the CBD in this, because everyone loves it. I woke up one morning from a weird dream where I went to this wonderful, charismatic place full of lollipops and rainbows, and it was it was so pink and purple and blue and orange and green, and then I woke up from this dream wearing this coat. It was gifted gifted to me by the gods of Ragnarok. Really? Yeah, and I I believe that I woke up with this and. I wasn't beaten down, and that's the name of this next song. Uh, we'll Isn't that a back. song by um, Sharon Van Etten? It is, yeah. Oh yes, beaten yeah. down, and we're gonna play it right here, right now, on Art Smitten on Sin. Oh man, that, uh, some new Grimes right here on Art Smitten with her track "Delete Forever." Um, Grimes had one of my favourite songs of last year. True fact. I love that track. So it's really cool to hear some new stuff. And it sounded good and it's a little different as well. I dig it. You're listening to Art Smitten here with Ben and Tom. And prior to that, we had Sharon Van Etten with Beaten Down, part of the Sweet 16 this week. Both part of the Sweet 16. Oh, man, they're yeah. doing a good job, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, less effort for us, you Just know. sweeter and better here. It is. So... Uh, Earlier on today, Tom, and I didn't want to tell you this until, you know, the time had come, but uh, I, I don't know why I was getting all nostalgic and I was thinking about back when we used to go to primary school. We're learning and growing every day, oh, helping each other the best to be. The future is part of Art Smitten. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put you, a positive. You got me there. There you go. Uh, now, do you remember art class? I do. Remember when... Uh, the art floor was just covered in paint. I do, and I remember how it happened as well. How did it happen? So, Mrs. B uh, was... The uh, place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Was uh, getting ready uh, for the new year, and she dropped this tub of paint on the floor. (laughs) Whoops. And she went, oh, no. Yep. And then she was with her husband and realised, hold on. We could do something like about this. So they just got some paintbrushes and just flicked it around the room. And then they um, enabled it onto the floor. So like it'd stay there. It was such a brilliant idea though. And it also kind of gave the, the young artists that we were, one of us in the rooms far better than the other. Uh, <laughs> of course, it's you. <laughs> and, oh, look, uh, it, um, you know, it, it, it kind of gave us that fact of, well, hang on, we can make mistakes and we can drop paint on the floor, mm. even though we should probably clean it up afterwards. I really liked what that floor looked like. It was really colourful and crazy. Why hasn't that idea and that trend kind of transcended into businesses and in our culture? Because I just don't really see arty, painty-looking floor. It's just... I, I reckon it's um, it's definitely transcended into the art world. Like, if you look at any of Pollock's work... Um, he does a great job at this. Like, he throws a lot of his stuff on the canvas and it does look really good. I reckon it yeah. really speaks volumes of, like, who he is. And who, who is he? Um, he... I think he goes back towards the 80s or 70s, uh, but he's an abstract artist. Um, and he was at the same art school as... No, 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 he wasn't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, he, he was an artist I studied when I was in art school. Um, but he does um, some really good stuff. Definitely work at, worth checking. Um, and even, like, if you look at any of Andy Warhol's stuff, I think um, there's definitely something interesting there and with the aesthetic of, like, the stenciling and um, you see brands that you know and um i think there may have been some kind of accidental process there as well um i think sometimes the best opportunities come from mistakes and i tried this idea of whenever i make my own art that i like to embrace my mistakes so if there's like a line that i draw wrong i make it a part of the drawing and turn it into something else 
has that actually given you better results in a way? I think so, because like I'm too much of a perfectionist, so if there's like an, a small problem, I'll go, nah, it's uh, going yeah, in the yeah, bin. Yeah, 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 a razor um, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's made me, uh, one, save more paper, but two, it's uh, made me think more positively about my art process as well. Yeah, wow. I do also wonder... Because we're uh, going back to that floor, and it was so multicolored and everything. Mm. Is this whole idea of a massive art explosion in the sense of there's a million colors in the one portrait? And I feel in 2020, maybe we're getting a bit more what hipsterish or so forth. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like less is more, especially I think so. now. Yeah. Whereas in the 90s, it was all about colors. Whereas, a lot of colors. Whereas yeah. now things are getting a bit more basic, a bit more simplistic. I wonder if these this crazy amount of colours in art is going to come back. I reckon it's always around the corner. It's going to creep up to you one night and say, Cooey, I'm here. Cooey! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely think every art form that has been is going to have some celebration in some kind around the world somewhere. And I think so long as one person is going about that art form, then that's good. Yeah, because the worst thing is is that some of these art forms don't get explored much and then they end up in a book called Tales of the Dead. That that would be horrible, wouldn't it? It would be. If the whole idea of art being dead is harrowing, but I guess that's an art form in itself. We've still got plenty more to talk about here on Art Smitten with Ben and Tom. Has the, uh, the art of film in the physical market kind of lost its value? Tom and I, we did uh, kind of preempt this discussion by talking about collecting earlier so i look forward to that and i've got an interesting thing to comment on video game box art as well so that's coming up so stay and uh, definitely wait for that one we're also going to play the new james bond theme in a few songs time and tom and i are going to have a bit of a chat about our thoughts on that as well but for now it's molly birch and she's feeling a little bit needy this track's called needy by molly birch you're listening to art smitten right here on sin it's got a few naughty words. Language warning. Artsmitten with Ben and Tom on sin. You are having <laughs> a wonderful time. We just heard yep. Runaway by Half Alive and Needy by Molly Birch, which was also in the Sweet 16. Uh, I had a really weird moment um, when that was playing because I thought, I've heard this song before and then realised it was Ari- Ariana Grande and then went, why do I know that? But I knew it. <laughs> so I had to double check it because I couldn't remember the, the words, but uh, the, the tune and the melody and stuff. But, gee, it was a different version by uh, Molly Birch there, so credit to her. It was. Now, Ben, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to use some hypnotism now. Uh, okay. Y- y- you're going back. You're going way back. You're back to the year 2007. Ooh. Actually, no, let's go back further. Let's go to 2005. Okay. Yep. You're walking into... Blockbuster. Well, yeah, they were around back then yeah, too. Or, yeah, or, or the video shop. You're walking yeah, into yeah, the that, video that's shop. Yeah, perfect. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and actually, no, you're not walking into the video shop. You're walking oh, I'm into running the... into the video <laughs> shop. <laughs> you, you, you're going to the shopping centre. Mm-hmm. You, you're there with mum and dad, and you say, "Hey guys, uh, I've been thinking, can we look in the uh, the hi-fi shop?" And they're like, "Sure." You've been good. Let's let's go to the hi-fi Yeah, we shop. went to a Hi-Fi supermarket that used to be at Ringwood. That that, that was there in 2007. It's oh, was not it? not anymore. Yeah, it's really sad. It's it's gone. Anywho, yep. you walk into the Hi-Fi shop and you're looking around and lo and behold, on the golden shelf, you see a special edition DVD of Goldfinger. <gasps> My heart was pounding. <laughs> it was. A, a, a two-disc set? A two-disc oh, two set. So good. With extra special features and commentary. Yeah. And we never see anything like this anymore. Yeah. I believe. I think the the age of like special edition DVDs, Blu-rays is slowly creeping out. We spoke about the digital age a little bit in the last week and the week before with streaming services and Netflix... Disney Plus, it's all the rage now. And I totally get it. I totally get that it's a lot more accessible and you don't want to lug around 400 DVDs wherever you go. Perfect example. I've been watching a show the last week or two and I was able to finish off the last few episodes on my phone when I was in Perth. 
I mean, the convenience is pretty damn good. It you is. know what I mean? It is. But isn't there something absolutely divine of having your favourite movie in not just any DVD packaging, but in a nice either steelbook or slipcase with a special booklet on production notes? I 100% agree. Yeah. And I read and just look through all that stuff. And it's going to be so sad when you have kids... They won't understand this. That's going to be a thing of the past. It's, I, oh, it is. I talked to my brother, and he can't comprehend a stage without iPads. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, just, that's foreign to him. Yeah, it's... Or VHS. Yeah. He thinks Blu-ray's always, always been around, and it's just going to be baffling oh, when, when, when we have kids that there's going to be a time where they're going to go, what's... DVD or Blu-ray. It's it's crazy because to me, Blu-rays are still new. And um, 4Ks. 4Ks are yeah. ultra new to me. And they've been around four or five years. But I grew up on, you know, taping shows on VHS. Oh, me too. And, you know, rewinding them and going, why is the tape broken? <laughs> and now I can't watch it. And it's skipping and it's jumping. So we've come a long way. Um, but I'll tell you, my argument with streaming, if your net is playing up and the show keeps pausing... And keeps buffering. It doesn't happen often to me. Usually, I have flawless streaming, but you never know. When it does, it enrages me. I just can't stand it. Yeah. One of my pet hates that, and getting sand between my toes in the beach. I just can't stand that. Uh, mine is like hearing people brush their teeth. I just can't stand that noise. It makes me dry reach. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'll one up you there. People that drag their feet on the concrete. Oh, really? Oh, man, that makes my blood curdle. Oh, I'll one-up you at there. Okay. People who, like, just, like, chomping to peaches. Really? Yeah, I just can't stand that. Really? Like, yeah. uh, what, chomping really loudly? Yeah, and you hear that, like, that sloshy sound? Well, I'll one-up you there. <laughs> People that talk way too loud on a phone in public. Yeah, and you can hear everything about their conversation. And I can hear the person on the other end of the line. Yeah. Uh, wh- why? Can I one-up you there? Yeah. People who play music way too loud on public transport. Oh, my goodness. Can I one-up you there? Yeah, sure. People that never stop one-upping each other on, ra- on a radio show? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but look, there, there's a lot that um, we, we can get annoyed about. But I guess um, my biggest issue is I love looking at all the artwork. Mm. Great artwork will sell me on checking out a movie, checking out a product. Mm. If the cover art is badass, you know, the marketing's wicked behind it, then I'll go, man, what's that? Here's the biggest issue now, and I, there's a fantastic video on YouTube video. I have to uh, shout this guy out, Nakey Jakey. You can watch his videos on YouTube. He goes in depth about how video game covers have gotten really generic in the last 10 years. And I never thought about this. It's always just the main protagonist on the front cover. Have a look. The next time you're in JB, check it out. It's always the main protagonist. There might be a character to the left or right. And it's always them in like an action pose ready to take on the world. And I think they realized that they no longer need the cover like they did in the 90s and the 80s to sell people on investing and buying the game. Now you can go online and watch gameplay and all this and that. So the cover's kind of taking a back seat. I still think game covers look nice and yeah. really cool. But, yeah, it's different, different age. If we're talking about home media or actually let's talk about streaming, I think one of the best series to have the best, like, I guess, exposure in terms of artwork is Stranger Things. Yeah. I think that the way they execute their show through, like, their posters that they release, like, before the season's about to start, is stunning. Like, the level of uh, design work there is beautiful. Not just that, but their shirts are really popular. I see a lot of people wear Stranger Things shirts. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing something right there. I mean, if you can start selling merchandise as well, then... Yeah. I think... I get this with audiobooks as well. I physically buy them because of the artwork because it looks just so divine and like you have to imagine the story that's going on in your head and the cover is a really nice aid to kind of picture what the characters look like and what's going on in the story but I think that should be the responsibility of a really nice film cover like it should conjure moments in the film that you remember 
um, or specific moments or how a character acts with like a gesture or something. I definitely feel as if uh, posters and covers, they were more involved in the 60s and 70s, especially talking adventure films and action films. It really made you go, what is that? Like, how do I get involved in that world? How do I watch that? Whereas now, again, I think they're doing the same thing. It's just that main protagonist on the front. Yeah. So things are changing. I think one exception to the rule is Star Wars. I think if you look at the original Star Wars poster... It is iconic. You see Luke Skywalker there with his lightsaber. You see Darth Vader's helmet in the background. But they have continued to yes. really excel no, with y- their covers. You are 100% correct about that. I, I think that's what people love about you know the, the look and the feel of the films. And Marvel as well. Yeah, I guess, yeah. They, they cram in a million superheroes into their posters too, don't they? They, they do, yeah. 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 Um, another time on Art Smitten, we, we're, we're going to talk about how I'm just a little bit lost on why superhero movies are still ever so popular and never seem to really go away. That's that, That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. It will be, yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like Dem is going to just destroy me on that somehow. I could be wrong. I think wrong. she may destroy both of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I look forward to it. She, she will after she realises how the show's gone without her. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all good. Uh, here we are. This is uh, Strangest Places by approachable members of your local community and Tom... I want you to kind of lead us into what we're about to hear. It is a wonderful song. It also features an artist named Dulcie. No way! Yeah, Dulcie from uh, from Perth, I think. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. she she's a wonderful little contribution to this song. Uh, this is from their new album, uh, "Love Thy Neighbor," and they are playing, uh, I believe, on the twenty seventh of February. In Melbourne, the name escapes me of the venue, but I will bring it up after the break and I'll give it a little sneaky preview. They were on the Hoist this Monday. They had an interview of the Hoist, so you can uh, tune into the Hoist podcast and uh, have a little sneaky listen to them as well and their interview. But in the meantime, Strangest Places, Strangest Places by approachable members of your local community and Dulcie, stick around because you're listening to Arts Minnan on Sin with Ben and Tom. Bit of San Cisco there. Uh, always lovely to hear when San Cisco back. It feels like they have a new song out every year, Tom. Am I crazy? No, you're not, because I love San Cisco too. Yeah, a bit of San Cisco with their song, uh, Reasons. I was thinking of that track. Is that uh, Thirsty Merc? 20 good reasons. Probably oh, not. It, it's at the back of my mind. Yeah, so uh, anyway. Uh, and uh, Strangest Places by approachable members of your local community. Uh, two bands at really complemented each other quite well there, I felt. They do, yeah. I always uh, try to make sure that our music uh, sounds thematically uniform. Uh, That's my goal for each week. Uh, Tom and I had quite the discussion online. I said, Tom, let's just hold off this until we're live on the air because I I just wanted to have a word with him. (laughs) 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 Sorry. You're right. I need Uh, to cough there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did you feel... A brand new James Bond theme song got released. Mm. How'd you feel about it? Billie Eilish did a brand new song. It's called No Time to Die. And uh, it's historic because it's another Bond theme for the new age. 2020, bold year. How'd you feel about it? I went in with my reservations because Billie Eilish, she's huge at the moment. Like, you got to look out when she's coming down the street because she'll just walk away. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but... um. I, I, I thought this was a cash grab, and I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> you thought it was a cash grab? I, 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 I love I, it. I, I thought, okay, let's just go in. Like, <laughs> I was expecting it to be, my, my reservations prior, I thought it would be really generic. That, that was my thought. I would argue it is. I went in and I was expecting like, yeah, no time to die. I was expecting something really like kind of glam rocky, but it was not. I have always been a fan of Miss Eilish, and I'm a fan of that kind of genre of like, I guess you could call like epic girl like rock. Yeah. Yeah, like, think of, like, Lord and Aurora, all those kinds of people where they've got, like, these soft undertones and it kind of slowly builds up and they've got this really kind of haunting voice. 
Yeah, I, I think um, Lord is a perfect comparison for Billie Eilish. Yeah, if you think of the song cover she did of um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World for um, The Hunger Games. Yes, that was excellent. That, that was a great cover. And I think um, I can't compare it to this because they're both so different from one another. But I really think this song harkens Daniel Craig's last hurrah really well like I think it would be a bit wrong to go out with no pun intended but all guns blazing I think like it's going to be like another James Bond film which is going to be great but he's going out like with a a, a little quiet applause a a little bit of grace you think and and that's uh, I think the, the less is more here definitely and there's definitely um nuances of the Bond theme in there with, like, the guitar string. Um, But I think there's definitely something new which I really devour. I think it's also quite fitting to take note of usually how the theme song is dictates what's going to happen prior in the film. And because it's a bit more of a sad, slow, sombre song, Mm. maybe something quite heartbreaking. That's my... Yeah, that's my vibe, I reckon. Yeah, look, I enjoyed it. I, I've heard it five times now. and I've heard it ten. Okay, you're killing me on this one. <laughs> and it's on my high rotation. And I just felt that... Yeah, look, I made, so Rolling Stone posted an article about this song. Beautiful. So I went in the comments. Love and, the Rolling Stone. And <laughs> the, the, uh, you know, the media outlet. I do, yeah. And, and I, made the, uh, I made the comment, um, not to be rude, I, I said... Good song, but wouldn't crack the top 15 best Bond tracks. No, it's interesting. And I got 400 likes on it. So I wasn't the only one that felt like this. That that it it was good, but it wasn't... It just made me go, uh, okay. My supervisor at work said the same thing that you did. Really? Yeah, we had this conversation. I was like, what do you think of the new Bond theme? And he was like, it's a good song, but like, wouldn't rave it as a Bond song. There you go. Yeah, so you're not alone in that conversation. It had a nice build, and then it didn't go to the next level. And I think that's kind of why I was a little bit let down by it. We're going to let our listeners of Sin make up their mind on this. This is Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. It's the brand new James Bond theme song. The new Bond film is in cinemas, I believe, April. Correct. So, April 20. Yeah, it'll be Daniel Craig's final outing. So here we go. You're listening to Art Smitten and uh, very curious on your thoughts on this theme. Oh. There we go. Tom, you're you're really loving this one, aren't you? I was. I, I, I think I like it more than the previous one. Uh, that I have to 100% agree on. It's no Adele. Sam, Sam Smith's writing on the wall. Well, I, I would probably put in the five weakest they've ever done. It's- How can I live? How can I die? Yeah. Sam Smith's just got this really crazy high-pitched voice, and I don't know, there was something about it. It sounded like it was almost off-key in that previous Bond theme. Yeah. Was this... I mean, it's it, no... It's better. It's no Living Daylights. No, well, that's <laughs> what I was saying. I said it's not, like, it's got nothing... The, Billy Eilish has nothing on Aha when it came to the Living Daylights <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, I know it's not the 1980s or anything anymore, but... Um, or Gladys Knights, that was yeah. License to Kill. That was a great theme. It's really interesting looking at the back catalogue of artists who have done... Bond themes. Like, there are some really prestigious names in there. Oh, it's unbelievable. Paul McCartney and Wings. Yeah. Yeah, that live and let die. Yeah. Do you have a favourite? Uh, I love Goldeneye theme by Tina Turner. Yeah. That is just such an epic theme. Um, I really... Oh, man, there's so many. I'd have to think... I, you know, one of the, the best themes they ever did didn't even have vocals in it. It was on a Majesty's Secret Service, the George Lazenby yeah, film. And that, 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 that is best. such an epic theme. I'll come back to you on that, but I, I love the Garbage theme song. Yeah. Um, that was wicked. Again, that was a band that was big in the 90s, and they, they picked them in 97, like right at the right time for The World Is Not Enough. Can we do a James Bond, um, like, 24-hour sin show? No, nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to move on. I reckon You Know My Name is probably my favourite. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I mean, we can't actually get that anymore because Chris Cornell has since passed, which is really yeah, sad. Um, is, yeah. Hard to believe that the singer who sung on Casino Royale theme isn't even here and Daniel Craig's still Bond. Mm. Amazing. It's crazy. The world goes uh, so far, so topsy-turvy. Curly-whirly. Curly-whirly. 
Uh, so it, uh, it it's definitely something I've been thinking about for a while. You know, art sculptures. Yeah. Are they just for people to kind of take sneaky photos and throw them online? That's a lot of faff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, wait, they just keep getting bigger and weirder. I mean, like... weirder. They're too big to put in buildings, you know? Yeah, well, we have to put them elsewhere. On the street. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, What makes a good art sculpture? What what uh, what do you think is like most appealing about it? The manifesto, I think, is integral to any art piece, but definitely sculptures. I think sculpture is not my area of expertise in terms of art making, but looking up sculptures definitely is something I really enjoy. I think the, the most impressive sculpture I've seen in recent times was that um, yes. <laughs> what was that? The NGV last year. Um, it was. It went viral online. You probably saw it. It was like a bunch of skulls, like filling a room. Oh, really? Yeah, like they were huge. That's awesome. Like one skull would like fit this whole room. Whoa, that's yeah. a big skull. Yeah, 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 I think there's something really special when a sculpture makes you feel like a mouse or an ant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I some of these things you just go to yourself. Wow, like how on earth? I really like sculptures that you can kind of fit yourself in it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got like a gap that you can fit in, and then you can like take a silly photo or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always just curious on how are these sculptures chosen? Yeah, and and yeah, I, I just the whole like thought behind making a sculpture to me is just out of this world I think it definitely comes back to the art process and like why the sculpture exists like I think no matter what art is being produced the artist will pour their character into whatever they make and I think this doesn't go astray for sculptures I think it can come in abstract form it can come in um, figurative form but I reckon the diversity of like what we have in terms of sculpture in the art world is so huge now. I think there's uh, even like in the streets of Melbourne, like you can see so many sculptures that are just there, and I think that's a part of our culture, like that we uh, depict. Um, remember those three men in business suits and briefcases that yes. have that that kind of scream esque face? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the dog on the Tucker box. In uh, a season or two ago on Sin, we were meant to interview a gentleman who made sculptures, animal ones and stuff in Australia. Yeah. And unfortunately, just it, it fell through. Um, and I just think to myself, man, you know, I would have like I would have taken so much away from that because I just don't know how long these things take to make, the preparation. It really depends, like, what materials you uh, use. Do you go to, you know, the local... Um, Pottery club, uh, yeah. Or do you buy your tape measure and then you go down to where you get to put it and measure it all out? Like I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of maths involved. There, there, there in... is a process, and there's some really interesting documentaries actually on the ABC of like people who are sculptors and who do this. So I highly recommend checking them out. Does David Stratton get to review them? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he's in at least one. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I think. Um, a lot of these will be made in an artist's studio. Um, I think they would have the space to do big stuff. I remember in year 12, um, one of the guys in my class made this huge sculpture out of old car parts and scrap metal. I don't know if you remember. This was kind of like a giant scorpion. Wow. No, yeah. I don't. I think yeah. I would have. It was huge. It was in, um, in this uh, two-story building. And it was absolutely beautiful. And it had lights around it as well. And, like, every now and then, I just, like, go in there and you'll be, like, welding it together. And I just see this monster come to life. And I'm I'm pretty sure he got into Top Arts because of that. Um, but then he um, was let go of Top Arts because someone actually hit a switch and the whole thing came to life. And it <laughs> started and it, eating and people ta- and taking over Melbourne havoc. now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No. Uh... Yeah, I like sculptures a lot. They they amaze me. Uh, that, make that a goal for the season. Let, let's talk to someone who makes sculptures. I like that idea. Because I want to I hear more from them. 
I'm uh, I'm seriously in love with this track from Pop Up called Seriously in Love. Uh, Tom is too. There's a lot of love going around the studio. And uh, we're going to play it. This is Seriously in Love by Pop Up. You're listening to Art Smitten. Tom's here. Ben's here. No Dem. She'll be back next week. She's seen Queen. But <laughs> let's get to it. Art. Sculptures. Plenty more on Art Smitten. I could never be a rapper. You could, with a little bit of practice. With a little bit of practice. You know, the thing I can't do is the double time. When they talk really quickly like this, I love Tom. Like, my brain just can't keep up with it, which is a real shame because I'm, I'm amazed by how you can do it's, that. It's better than what I can do, what you did just then. Really? Yeah. Anything I can do, you can do better. Kind of kind of getting there, but not quite. It doesn't sound any so good. That's half the problem. Be really good. Definitely. Uh, some actual good music that we heard just there, I'm saying because what I was doing was garbage. Uh, <laughs> pop up is uh, the first act that we heard, and that track was called Seriously in Love, and that was fun. And then we had this funk emergency song as well by Mark Riblet as well, which was uh, it was good stuff, wasn't Some it? Sneaky little saucy sizzlers in there. If uh, you love your Australian music, and we've been playing plenty of it on the program, uh, definitely check out The Hoist. It is on tonight at 6 p.m., going all the way through till 8 o'clock. And our fine host will definitely have you looked after with plenty of new interviews, Tom, as well, which is uh, ever so exciting. But for the meantime here on Art Smitten, we are talking about staircases and just how... Look, we have to go place to place, right? When we're on a staircase... We do. We, you know, obviously we're going to get on one to either walk downstairs or walk upstairs. It's inevitable. How do we make something kind of bland and just a means to an end to get to a destination, how do we make a staircase more exciting than probably what it should be? Well, if you were to give me this brief and I was to be your artist or your architect, I'd make it absolutely loopy. Like, would you? It, that there'll be like weird shapes coming out of and it. And it'd be all dangerous and <laughs> people would trip and <laughs> hurt themselves. against every OH&S standard. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really vibe... Um, spiral staircases. Yes. Yeah. They they aren't as common anymore. There's one down towards um, South Bank Way yeah. out of a restaurant and it goes, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> Don't it, fall off there. Yeah. <laughs> I was get, getting dizzy just thinking about it. There's some beautiful ones in the State Library as well uh, that you can't use, but they're there. Oh, are they just there for... Aesthetic. Well, they, they probably were used, but like, mm. they're dangerous. I used to miss at uh, the Forest Hill Chase Shopping Centre, which probably anyone listening has never been to. I've been there. Oh, you've been there? Yeah. Sweet. Um, they used to have all these crazy staircases, and I always thought it was dangerous because they were up quite a few stories high. But, of course, the lifts won, and they've taken them away. And I felt they, as They've if risen up to the challenge. They, they, <laughs> they've, uh, they've climbed the, uh, the, the stairs. It has its ups and downs. It, yeah, it, it does. Um, so, look... I just feel like it lost a bit of character when that happened. Yeah. But then I had to remember it is more of an elderly shopping center and maybe it was just damage on people's mm. knees and legs. Uh, a uh, former person that we love at Sin, uh, Lindsay, actually has a podcast on escalators. Am I correct? That is correct. Yes. And uh, I do wonder, like, is is it up to you and I to make a stairs one or... A podcast about stairs. It's possible. Yeah. We can make it happen. I reckon, um, whilst that is an issue, I reckon we do need to make a podcast about swimming pools as well. Swimming pools? Yeah, I think that's um, definitely emerging. Yeah, yeah, definitely emerging. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I love being submerged in water. Yeah, and it's it's quite a nice feeling. Yeah, if there's one complaint I have in my life, I don't go in enough um, pools. Like, none of my friends have swimming pools or, I mean... Got a few friends that have stairs. Do you go to the just... local pool? No, I don't. Yeah. I'm trying to go more regularly. It's meant to be good with your muscles, cardio, and relaxing yeah. the body. Yeah, and... that's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking of trying to go maybe once a week now. Yeah, do yeah. some laps. Is it far from where you are? Oh, uh, well, it's in Fitzroy, so it's not that far. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I I just always wonder like how can you make something mundane a bit more exciting? Well, if I was to design a house, I think like <laughs> I can <it>, imagine <laughs> what this would look it, like. It, it would be zany. Like, yeah, yeah. The, um, the the door would be like a TARDIS. No, no? I, I wouldn't want to make a derivative of yeah, anything. I'd yeah, want to yeah. make it like your own. It, there'll be no sense of shape. 
Like, it'll be, it'll be, like, all squiggly on the outside. And, okay. And you'd open up into this colourful, manic Ooh, place. I love that word, yeah. Uh, there'll be a spiral staircase in there, and all the furniture would just be, like, hot pink and, and like, green. And Can you remind me to never get you to design my house? <laughs> I'll just make your house black and white. Like, one half will be black and the other half will be white. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's just... Man, I don't spill even... anything on any of the services because it'll stick out. I won't. We're going to transition here. Um, now, last on last week's show, people uh, had a few people message us in saying, "Hey, we want a bit more clarity on kind of what went on behind the scenes." Tom, you and I brought up to our uh, co-host Dem, who isn't here this week. She's at uh, the Queen concert. Mm. You and I brought up to her that we reckon there should be some kind of group challenge or yeah. individual challenge within the group. We like a good challenge here on Arts Minute. Now, we said, uh, why don't we do a, um, everyone does like five minutes of stand-up at a venue. And I was really excited about this idea. Yeah. How do you think that went down? I think, I, I was interested to see how you and Dem would respond because we kind of alluded to it prior, and you went, let's let's not tell Dem. Let's see how she responds. Yeah, I live for on-air reactions. And she has theatrical experience, which... Was more than I was aware of, so... I, I, I knew there was theatrical experience there, but I, I think it slipped my mind. But she said to us afterwards, that was a bit of a flex, wasn't it? <laughs> a bit of a flex? What, yeah. Wait, what does she mean by that? I don't know. Wait, wait, what, what, we're trying to show off? Yeah. That's what a flex is, right? When yeah, you like, brag like, about hey, something, Hey, right? I can do this. I can design a colourful house. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we only ever did two shows together. True. So we weren't, we're not professionals at this by any means. No. Okay. A flex. A flex. Huh. Yeah, we're going to have to... Um, he, here's why Bring I that to it. Get her on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm at the concert. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't hear. You. What do you mean flex? I, I reckon Dem is going to win. That's that's my guess now. Um, how are we going to measure who wins in terms of just crowd I noise? Re- I, I reckon as long as we have a good time. Yeah. And as long as we all complete it, then everybody's a winner. That's yeah, no, no, I like that. The uh, the participation awards always fun. Yeah. yeah, especially in this environment because it can be a bit uncomfortable for some folks. For sure. Uh, yeah, you know what would be really up the ante if we were able to get a comedian that will be part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm not talking some massive name. I'm just saying someone someone who's a comedian that's in the scene. When you say massive name, do you mean like a really long name? Or yeah, just, yeah, just a, yeah, like a 30-letter name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I think it'd almost be cool if we could get in contact. I actually know a, a gentleman, um, Dave Kellen. Oh, beautiful. And perhaps we could maybe film our performances or just record them and then he could rate them out of 10 and then we see who is indeed the funniest. <laughs> I like that idea. Maybe we could give him a ticker on the telephone. Yeah, and... might be able to. Can uh, Might be able to get him in the studio even. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, look, I shouldn't really spitball ideas live on the radio. but It's, it's, it's a dangerous game you're playing, Ben. <laughs> oh, it's a very dangerous game, but uh, it doesn't have to be Dave. But maybe we can get someone, just to make sure this is fair, because I think if... We all try to make that decision. It's just going to be weird. Yeah, there needs to be a third party in this. And there, I think does. in terms of like what they see, they will say there is a law of attraction. What do you think makes for a strong stand-up five-minute performance? Is it weirdness? Is it um, over-enthusiasm? Is I it quirkiness? As, as long as you're, you are yourself... And you embody that in a way that is humorous. I reckon that's always good. I I challenge you on that, though, because I think you have to be kind of an extension of yourself. Because if if, if I'm just talking on stage like I am now, I don't think that's going to be as engaging as if you went to the next level, right? Yeah, you got to up the ante a little. Got to change the pitch. Not too much, but just a little. Not not too much, yeah. You don't want to be silly just rolling all over the stage like a... Well, it is rated in the top 10 most stressful things in the world is doing a solo stand-up comedy gig that is actually in the top 10 things that humans really stress about the most. So we're going to hopefully give it a go. We, we, hopefully we just, it's not too stressful. Yeah, I just need them to uh, kind of sign off on this because I'm not so convinced that 
she's still 100% on board. I reckon she is. Because I just feel like, you know... I see the determination. I feel I feel as if uh, we brought this up to her now a week later and she's not in the studio with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but then um, I, I do actually think Queen is playing tonight, I think. <laughs> yeah, true. No, I'm oh, no, sure that. was, sure, I'm, I'm that was last night. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are going to be rolling along here. An artist I discovered early in the week is Josh Cashman. And I really, really like his indie alternative uh, sound he's got going on here. Really nice guitars. They kind of wash over you. Wait for the bass line on this track as well. It's called The Law of Attraction. You're listening to Art Smith. We're going to be talking a bit more art and theatre in just a second. But this is Josh Cashman right here on Sin with Ben and Tom. Woo! Law of Attraction by Josh Cashman. You are indeed listening to Art Smitten with Ben and Tom on your slippery Wednesday night. Hopefully you don't slip over. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, it started raining a little bit earlier, actually, and it was getting a little damp and a little wet, and I thought, gee, I hope people look after themselves. They do, yeah. Because, you know, if you... I mean, God forbid, if you fall the wrong way and... Oh, no. I wasn't thinking about it. I was kind of thinking of it more graceful, like a oh, banana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, at least if you if you want to trip, I don't think anyone sets out to trip. Mm. If you're going the trip, I want it to be a big performance. Like that will entertain someone than this, just me hurting myself. This happens to me quite frequently on the tram. Like, you know how it lurches forward quite yeah, it does. severely? Yes. Like when I'm in standing room, when it's quite busy and the tram lurches, when I don't expect it, I kind of like unintentionally put on this performance where like my legs go in the air, I'm holding onto this thing for dear life and I just got the most animated expression on <laughs> and I kid you not, there have been times where the whole tram has laughed. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, similar to when I got my head caught in a train door. Um, people didn't really know how to react. <laughs> But then when I grinned, like out of like what an idiot I am, everyone started laughing. That's beautiful. There's actually something quite nice in a moment like that. I feel you know you, you have to laugh at yourself. Yeah, I think you do. I think that's the key message. And I think that's the best thing about comedy. I think if you can laugh at yourself, then people are going to laugh along with you as well. I really enjoyed uh, a couple of weeks back. We had Jennifer Piper on, and she was talking about how you know great comedy has to have a bit of tragedy as well. It's very true, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Now, earlier in the show, we were talking about this idea of um, digital studio, or no, not digital studios, digital galleries. Now, Google have been working on this idea of putting on your VR headset and you can go into a virtual exhibition or art You're gallery. You're kidding. You can see the artwork there. <sighs> what, what do you think about this? Does it sell to you? Um. Yeah. This this one's really tricky. I, I think there's going to be a lot of issues with it. One. Oh well. You know, would it be easy for someone to be able to kind of copy that software or that file, and then put it on the net, and then anyone with a VR headset can just open it up, and then mm. they can experience it? Because I imagine if it's a digital exhibition, they'd probably still charge for it, wouldn't they? Possibly. Well, I think the idea of it... I love the idea, but at the same time, it does. it's nicer being there in person, isn't it? It is. I think you can never take away from that experience. Like, it's on my bucket list. Like, see things like Starry Night by Vince Van Gogh and The Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci because those artworks alone have so much prestige behind them. Very historical, yes. They're legends. And to be there, like, in a person, like, I know uh, the Mona Lisa is very small and, like, you have to be really up close to, like, get a good look at it. How small is it? Like, about so big. Really? Yeah. I thought it was always way bigger than that. So it's literally like an A4 or an A3? Yeah, about an A3. Wow. Yeah, so you have to go up close and, like, it's always very crowded because everybody wants to see it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you won't be able to take away from that experience. But in saying that, airfares do cost. So I understand the idea that it kind of gives you a bit of a a taster of like things to look forward to. It does, but then how good is the picture quality? Because I feel when we're talking art, you really want to see the nitty-gritty details. You want to get up there and see the paint strokes and all that. I think that's one of the awesome things about seeing... A painting up close, you don't want to sneeze on it. 
but um, no. But generally, they're kept behind class, aren't they? Or, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yikes! That wouldn't be. Don't good, want to wipe I? that off and no make a mistake. No. Yeah, that 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 is that's a new one for me. There there are other cool things about it though. Like if it's a digital gallery, you can put your own music on while you're viewing art at mm. your own time. Never have people in front of you. Never have any waiting queues. You can just say, "I want to look at this." picture of this painting i just don't get how it works in an economic sense Mm. well here's a thing that i think is working really well in galleries at the moment and this has been done for a while but i've only seen it more in the flesh recently when you go to an exhibition you can have the option to get a headset like a headphone headset and pop it on and you got like a small mp3 player or something and it'll play a ongoing sound clip that will act as a curator for you. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, yeah, like an actual serious clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, so it will be a voiceover telling you about the exhibition and it will take you from artwork to artwork. Um, I think this is a... I've done this before. I think it's an awesome idea. Um, and I think this should be... You know what I'd love to see? Yeah. Like a curated exhibition of Melbourne with one of these sound things yeah as long as the voice the narration is interesting yeah you are now looking at a piece of art by ra 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 i love that in 1952 like i don't know if that's overly interesting there'd have to be a bit of passion behind what's being said they do get some like good names like yeah like i I could see stephen fry um doing something rush has done some oh really yeah like imagine a voice with charisma like telling you about this artwork with passion you've actually had that experience at i'm not even <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm I'm not even making this up. You've actually had that experience with Jeffrey Rush at an art gallery. Right? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was walking around and I uh, saw this gentleman, and he was wearing a scarf and glasses and a black suit. And he said, "Good day, how are you?" I said, "I'm good, thank you." And he goes, "Have a lovely night." I said, "Thank you." And I shook his hand and I turned on my heel and went to look at a painting. And I swung around and thought to myself. That was Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the moment was gone, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, but it was I, like I a ghost in the night. Never never saw him again. If I realised it and there was him, then I probably would have lost myself in well, the you, Well, you probably wouldn't have played it off as cool in a way. You just thought, oh, what a lovely gentleman. But yeah, uh, yeah Jeffrey Rush was lurking in a Melbourne um, art exhibition. It was, yeah, uni, yeah, uni, it, was, uni. it was at my university. It was at your university, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Man, I yeah, I do not have... The same experience at an art. Maybe I've got to go to more art galleries. Definitely, we should go for I can an, go, an art gallery trail. I can go, Tom. You won't believe it. I was looking at this amazing piece of art, and then Sean McAuliffe cracked a joke <laughs> behind me. You know, it'd be it'd be it'd be a nice moment, but that, you that, never know. Never know. Yeah. Never know. Uh, we've got plenty of interviews coming up in the coming weeks on Art Smitten. We're going to be talking to more theatre performers, uh, people uh, in front. Of on the stage rather and behind the scenes. Also going to be talking to uh, many different artists as well. It's going to be just a lot of lot of content. We get many artists uh, who come in here that travel far and wide, and some of them have to take a plane ride. Yes, they do. And uh, this track is called "Plane Ride," and it's by the Undercover Dream Lovers. You're listening to that. Art Smitten. On on sin with Ben and Tom, <laughs> we tried to do that together, didn't quite work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on sin, woo. Oh Ben, what a wonderful plane ride that was. It, it was. It had a really nice bass groove to uh, end the song as well. And <laughs> that's how I like my plane ride. And that song was called Plane Ride by the Undercover Dream Lovers. You're listening to Artsmen here on sin with Ben and Tom, and we've come to the final chapter we come to the great parting of the red sea where we say goodbye and we pass over the flaming baton to our friends at the hoist i'm just really disappointed and upset because i really felt as if our conversation about stairs earlier had another good 20 minutes of content in it i mean look it had its its ups and downs (laughs) it it did it was you know a bit steep in different parts but we got there uh look we we thank you so much for listening to us again we got the hoist coming up at six with ellis and Immy and they're talking all about new and great 
Australian music. Lots of really interesting things happening about Australian music this week. We just found out about Splendour in the Grass. Yes, there's a, there's a brand new Splendour in the Grass festival. I don't want to uh, reveal the details on that in case yeah. that's going to be spoken if, about. If they're going to tickle those parsnips, we'll uh, give them the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Uh, one rumour, uh, one sorry, one hint is uh, Cry Club uh on the festival, which is good. That's a name I don't see on the festivals a lot, so I was happy to see that. Uh, Also, uh, man, if you have a burning question regarding art, theatre, sculptures, uh, that's my go-to. I always love saying sculptures at the end. We want to hear from you, and you you can get in contact with us, the Wednesday or the Sunday team for that matter, on Artsmitten at Instagram, uh, Facebook, along with Twitter. And... uh, Art, art smitten sin you'll find us and uh, de- definitely send us a message get in contact and we look forward to uh, reading your email out on the air and discussing your love or concerns about where art is heading in this coming decade we're going to do I wouldn't mind doing a bit of a decade retrospective uh, pretty shortly as well Tom within the next week or two we'll unpack it like a box we will box of toys. it's going to be it's going to be lovely so, so we thank you so very much for listening to Ben and Tom on Art Smitten. Dem will return next week. Indeed. And we hope you have a wonderful remain of the week. And don't forget to tune to Art Smitten at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Yes, indeed. 